Keep in touch with Mama Kin. Let her know where you've gone and been. Living out your fantasies. Sleeping late and listening to Backtracks. Aerosmith Revisited with your host, Corey Morissette. And joined, as always, by St. John Mariano. How are you this evening, sir? As our famous Mr. Tyler once said, some days you're the bug and some days you're the windshield. Yep. Is it one of those days for you, uh, John? I'm feeling kind of windshieldy. <laughs> A tad on the windshield side. That's too bad. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you, too. I had a long day at work. I just ran in the door, woke up some pizza, and hopped on a call with you. I got to stop you right there, Corey. I don't think you understand that quote. Some days you're the bug, and some days you're the windshield. Today, yeah. I feel like I'm the windshield, which means I'm plowing through the day today. You're ready you, know, to you, you sound like you're the bug, right? Like you I sound 100% like, the bug, yeah. Yeah, you sound, like, you sound like shit's just hitting you left and right. For me... Shit gets in my way. I just go right through it. I, I hit the wipers and I keep going. There you have it. John is in the mood to kill here tonight. And uh, that's good uh, because, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this here Aerosmith show. We're knocking off songs off the mixtape as we roll along here. And John, we've uh, already, uh, is this is show 21. We've already had uh, two new songs replaced, two older songs on the mixtape. Uh, how are you feeling about how the mixtape is shaping up thus far? I mean, I, 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 feel, I feel like it needs some work. I feel, I feel like if we're carving a sculpture, we could kind of see that it's no longer a log, but it's still kind of wood. Currently on the mixtape, should we go through the 18 songs we have on there right now? Uh, if we're going to list them each time, sure. I, I think I think we do it maybe one or two more times, and then people got to start taking notes. There you go. Or, you know, if only we had like a graphics guy who could maybe like do a graphic that we could put on, on the Twitter machine that showed the current rundown on the mixtape. We, 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 we do, but I'm pretty sure you're going to need to beat him in a bet or something to get him to do anything. It's bad. It's hard enough to get him on a on a fucking call to talk about Aerosmith a couple times a week here. So uh, I hear you. I, of course, I kid. I love John, and I'm very happy to see you, John. It was a very long day at work. Looking forward to this here all night. Um, but we should mention our sponsor because uh, you got our tongue lashing uh, just a few weeks ago when we uh, neglected to mention him. So let's talk about pop rock and radio. Ken Knapsock's Pop Rock and Radio, the big hits, album cuts and B-sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the Pop Rock and Radio community. And, and, and we kid on Ken a little bit. Ken, Ken, Ken's, Ken, Ken's really, really good people. He, he does, he does uh, I, think, I think right now, as we're recording this, we're recording this in the past, Corey, as you know. Um, Ken currently is on Twitch. Um, playing Star Wars Lego, Lego Star Wars, and um, having a good time with, with with the good folks on his Patreon. So you could also go hop on Ken's Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Ken Napsack, and he has some great, great things. He, he's been doing a, um, he's been doing a podcast on there that you can listen to. It's a, a Patreon exclusive called The Blathering. Um, it's a really fun, interesting, um, stream of consciousness podcast. And, uh, Ken, uh, started a new show on uh, Mixcloud with pop rock and radio, the slow stuff, uh, kind of getting more into the ballads, uh, as we record this, uh, he has two episodes of that out now. So that's one I haven't checked out yet, but I'm very much looking forward to. 
And if you also want to support Ken, he also with uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Landa and and Joseph Scrimshaw, he he, he does um, podcasts on the Force Center podcast feed, and that's for all things Star Wars. So while we're plugging Ken, we might as well plug Ken everywhere. Absolutely, we got his Patreon, we got Force Center. Uh, what else is that boy involved in? I don't know. I he, sometimes sometimes he plays Red Dead Redemption with yours truly, but it's been it, it's been a minute because he's been focused on the Star Wars stuff, and honestly. I, I haven't been much up for uh, wrangling the Cowboys. I, I did it with you a few a few nights ago. Right. Uh, Je- our friend Jeff Saunders and I um, initiated you, and then we initiated our friend La- Lauren Romo, and we're creating like a little posse where we just um, murder the hell out of people in that game. Thank you, Zach. A lot of fun. But as you alluded to, John, uh, we're, we're recording in the future right now because you're listening to this sometime in July or August, probably. We're recording this April 26th. So... Um, Maybe let's try and predict the future a little bit, John. What do you think is going to happen uh, end of July, early August uh, that, that we can comment on? Now, how was Star-, Star Wars Celebration? You're heading off to that, aren't you? Oh, it, 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 it was terrific. There were way too many people, and I got annoyed very quickly. I, I think that's a pretty safe uh, future prediction there that John got annoyed. And there would be way too many people at Star Wars Celebration. Both those things, I think, have a very good chance of, of happening. Uh, what else happened? Um, the, 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 then some, summer hit. And in New York, it got warm and muggy, and my hair went from being nice and straight and and well kept as you see it today to being um, frizzed out and throwed out in all directions, as it does in the thickness of the New York summer. I see humidity. the humidity hits, and you're like Monica Geller from Friends, and her hair gets all uh, Jerry curled and, and frilly. Uh, uh, it, yeah, it's bad. It, it's bad. It's just a bad look for me. It's a bad look for anybody. How are the Yankees doing at this point? Oh, they're uh, probably doing terrible because they did not invest in a little thing I call starting pitching or or contact hitters or well, people who play defense. All important things. I cheer for the Blue Jays, so I'm uh, imagining at this point they're in first place in the AL East and, and just cruising right along, uh, ready to get their, their third World Series championships under their belt, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're, they're probably right now um, have the second coming of Joe Carter on the way, um, and more, more importantly, how did our New York Giants do in the draft? Because that's this Thursday. It is this Thursday, and I'm going to predict they did very well. Obviously, even in August, we're not going to know, but I have confidence and faith in the new uh, general manager and the new head coach. Uh, I think they're going to do all right. How are you feeling? Oh, I, I, I feel like they're going to not draft the offensive line that they need to. And we have more of the same to come because optimism is dead. You, you're, you're just damaged, John. I, I feel bad for you. Have a little bit of hope, my friend. I, I think they do fix the O-line in this draft. And I think they get an edge rusher, too, and maybe another corner because we're going to have to trade James Bradbury. So have a look. Corey, 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 what the fuck are we talking about? It's an Aerosmith <laughs> podcast, man. <laughs> no, let's just talk about the Giants for an hour and see if people stick with it. <laughs> Let's talk Aerosmith. And as we uh, alluded to, we have six songs currently in the day. I'm not going to go through all the songs on, on the mixtape. Eventually, John will make a graphic. I'm going to keep hounding him, folks. It's going to happen. But right now, we have six songs on the die for tonight. You could be getting a lot of dog-related songs, like Sick as a Dog, Walk on the Dog, The Reason a Dog, Bone on Bone, Cody, Fish, Cody Island, Whitefish Boy, or Moving Out from the first album, and Sweet Emotion from A Little South of Sanity. John, is there anything on there? I know you love the dog songs because you put most of them on there. 
are, are you hoping we finally knock a dog song off tonight? No, no. I, I want to see if we can find more um, tangentially um, dog-related songs within within their um, their their, their discogra- discography. There you have it. Uh, I know I'm. I was driving home tonight because I was out of town for work today, and I was listening to uh, a new album. Uh, it's not really new, but it, from the Georgia Satellites. Do you know the Georgia Satellites at all, John? Um, no. They had a big hit uh, in the '80s called "Keep Your Hands to Yourself." You maybe know that song. That was that was pretty huge. But they they released three albums, and that was it. But they're a great blues-based honky tonk and rock and band, kind of like Aerosmith. And I was listening to their new live album. Uh, lightning in a bottle on the way home tonight and i was thinking geez could i'm really in the mood for some live cuts so if i got a little sweet emotion tonight from a little south of sanity i would be very happy i mean sure sure if you want to knock that off the list okay i i want the most obscure song on here which would be what the reason a dog i, I don't the think i've reason, ever heard that song the reason a dog you have no idea what's coming with that one all right i'm going for the biggest hit you're going for the most obscure one what do you say we roll the dice and see what we get let's do it and it's gonna come up sweet emotion from a little south of sanity obviously one of aerosmith's biggest songs i specifically picked this one i don't know if the live version will end up on the mixtape because uh the version that was on pandora's box uh, was also incredible but I have a pretty good feeling this song might be a finalist for the mixtape when it's all said and done. How are you feeling? You feel like a version of Sweet Emotion might make the mixtape of the ultimate Aerosmith. It's got a good shot. Songs. Got a good shot. I mean, I feel I, I feel like 50% of the time, you, you have a chance half the time. <laughs> well, what, what are you thinking about the Sweet Emotion? What, what are your initial thoughts uh, on this song? I think that this is a quintessential summer is starting. Um, the, the night is beginning. Kind of the possibilities are endless kind of song. Right? Like to me, this is, this is like it kicks off one of my favorite movies of all time. It, it kicks off Days of Confused. Mm-hmm. But I've loved this song much longer than I've known that movie. And to me, the, the, the one thing that the movie gets very, very right is kicking the whole movie off with that song because it's like the end of the school year, but the beginning of summer, right? And it's the beginning of this adventure that you're going to go on with these characters. And that's what the song kind of feels like. I, I, I usually use it to kick off a road trip. I usually kick it off when, when I'm pre-gaming with my buddies. Like anything like that, this song it just feels like it fits the mood. It almost fits everything, doesn't it? Uh, Sweet Emotion was released as a single May 19th, 1975, peaked at number 36. Uh, but it was Aerosmith's big breakthrough single in their first top 40 hit uh, from Tories in the Attic. Uh, it was uh, re-released uh, and hit number six. Uh, so the re-release did even better uh, than the original. Um, it sold over 3 million digital downloads. So it's still incredibly popular today when, of course, albums and singles don't matter, but digital downloads are all that matter. Um, written by Steven Tyler and Tom Hamilton. Uh, of course, that killer bass riff to, to kick off the song, that's 100% Tom Hamilton. Uh, so he's getting a lot of royalties. Uh, every He's getting a nickel every time somebody plays this song, and good on him, because he doesn't have a ton of songwriting, songwriting credits with Aerosmith, I don't think, but this is by far his biggest one. Uh, and, and and honestly, this song, there's not many songs where you can say it truly ages like fine wine, but this song does. And I think I, I think 
you know, you pointing out that it was a bigger hit on the re-release. I think the, you know, it's a timeless song. I've introduced this song to my kids. It's one of their favorite songs. Um, it, 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 it spans generations. It spans time. There's not enough we can say about it. I think we should just get into it. Everybody knows what's coming. All right. And this is, uh, as we mentioned, specifically from the live album, A Little South of Sanity. Uh, Sweet Emotion is on um, Rockin' the Joint. It's on Classics Live. There, there's so many versions of it out here. But uh, let's check out the version from A Little South of Sanity. This is Sweet Emotion, originally released May 19th, 1975. <laughs> Is that the greatest bass riff in rock history, or at least top five? It's top. It's top five, definitely. I'm not ready to call it the best, but it is so widely recognizable that you could probably, like, you know, after a note, like, you know, if you're playing one of these music name that tune games, and it's like name it after how many notes. If you knew Sweet Emotion, like, even if you didn't know Sweet Emotion was coming, but you knew it was in the pool. And you said, I can name it by one note. You can name this song off of one note. You really could. And it's also one of my favorite moments in concert because it's Tom Hamilton's opportunity to kind of walk up the ramp and be the center of attention and, and pull out his bass and start playing the bass line of Sweet Emotion. And the place goes absolutely nuts. Little subdued on the live version here, but I know when I saw him in Minot uh, a few years ago, uh, he walked out to the top of the ramp and started playing this bass line. The whole place went absolutely ballistic. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it like this is a song that I've even seen covered by bands. I've watched bars have the roof blown off as as as, as this baseline hits. All right, let's keep it rocking. I know you're going to get ticked off of me for continuing to stop it, but I love the talk box that Joe Perry's doing there. And you got Steven on the maracas shaking it there. Apparently, uh, according to a, a thing I read uh, on the studio recording, Steven Tyler shaking a packet of sugar because uh, they didn't have any maracas available. Uh, but here, of course, on in concert, he has that big maraca. He's playing it into his mic and Joe's on the, on the talk box. Absolutely tremendous build up to an absolute classic song. Uh, in, in studio, you, you 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 make whatever you work at your disposal. You know, on, on tour, you can make sure you have the maracas. Although it would be hysterical to watch Steven Tyler sh shaking little, little uh, sugar packets up to a microphone. Well, uh, probably, I, would, I would pay I would pay money to see that. I would love that if you had a little a little packet of Splenda and just shaking it into the mic. That'd be fantastic.
it's funny because the more times I hear this live, I know the harmonization is gonna be out of sync and out of tune, mm-hmm. and 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 like it feels very produced on the on the album version, but I almost look forward to to it because it's set up for the for the crowd to sing with you. It's not just meant for the band to harmonize, and it really lends itself to that because it's like. Hearing it live, this isn't Aerosmith at their cleanest and best. It's very much dirty, sloppy. Look, we know we're supposed to be in sync. It's not going to happen, guys. So you can help us out and sing with us. You're, you're absolutely right. That's a great point. This is very much a live live band and a live song. And, but even puts little variances in, in how he sings that, kind of up and down that, add a little color to it that wasn't on uh, the studio recording. And maybe that's why... Uh, I prefer Sweet Emotion Live as opposed to on studio recording, even though the re-release with Pandora's Box remastered is phenomenal. Corey, we're going to get to it. If You, you got to stop talking about what you like better than this song, and we'll just focus on this song right now, man. You know what? If we decide this one's good enough, we may not put the Pandora's Box version up against it. I can tell you unequivocally, I like this version. This version is absolutely making the mixtape. We have to figure out what we're going to knock off. But this song is not going to make the final mixtape. This, might this be- version. We'll see. And I haven't listened to the live version of all, but we'll see. Let's keep it going. So one thing that you get on the live version that you don't get on the studio is is Stephen vibing and railing like that, like the yeah 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 yeah. It's it, it's it brings extra oomph to the song. Um, where 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 I don't know that it needs it, but but it's taking a masterpiece and then somehow enhancing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Stephen's delivery? Um, maybe a little more subdued. Uh, th- this was recorded uh, in Seattle in October 1997. So this would have been Nine Lives Tour. So maybe not at the height. Uh, I-, I always kind of consider like Pump, Get a Grip, kind of kind of the height of their powers in the uh, in the later stages uh, or the second half of their career. Uh, so this is the Nine Lives era. So maybe kind of coming yeah. down a little bit. What his uh, delivery I mean, seemed a bit subdued. I mean, I saw them originally. I think in '99. So I probably saw them a year or two after this. And you could tell that they were down a step at the time, um, especially Steven. Um, I don't know if it was time on the road, like whatever, age. It's, it was starting to catch up with them a little bit, especially when you would see them at a festival with other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you could tell, you know, especially... I had seen footage of earlier shows and earlier concerts comparing Aerosmith at this point in time to Aerosmith back in their, their heyday. It's two different animals. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts of, of how it, this live version is starting off? I have, like, it sounds very clean. 
for 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 a live version it doesn't sound necessarily as dirty and gritty um but 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 the recording's clean as well which i think scores it some extra points um i i tend to like when when, when they jazz it up a little bit when they change it up a little bit i believe this version does that a little bit less than other versions mm-hmm. um but but like i said the vocalizations that Steven's doing, even though they're more subdued, what he's throwing in there, the little extras that he's throwing in there are enhancing the song. Awesome. Let's keep going. Okay, just real quick, when you talk about lyrics, that's one of the best, I think, uh, verses in Aerosmith history. Toys in the Attic era, Steven Tyler is really killing it, uh, lyrics-wise. And, uh, of course, this is a, a, a Steven Tyler, Tom Hamilton composition, so Tom did a lot on the music side. This is all Steven Tyler on the lyrics. Uh, some sweat hog mama with a face like a gent. Said my get up and go, must have got up and went. Like, that's just fantastic. Like, got good news, she's a real good liar, because the backstage boogie set your pants on fire. It, that that is peak Steven Tyler. Yeah, but you know, going back to them feeling a little bit subdued, the the timing of the song is very similar to other versions of the song. In fact, I think other versions of the song live might be even longer than this. Mm-hmm. But it feels like the tempo is slower. Like it feels like you were saying it, it's held back and is restrained. It feels very much like that. Like I've heard him do that ver- verse in other versions with a lot more passion mm-hmm. and, and, and it feels like he's singing the song but he's not feeling the song right now very good point uh and if, if we ever listen to the classics live version of sweet emotion uh it'd be interesting to compare it to what we're hearing here because yeah it, it's maybe like a half step slower than, than what we would normally get say in the 1970s on the toys in the attic tour stop spoiling what's to come Corey. oh jesus So I can tell you, and we're not going to listen. So I won't spoil anything, Corey. Okay, good. That's my. I, I I own the the Woodstock bootleg, which we're not going to cover on this. And I can tell you that in Woodstock '94, which was a couple of years before this, um, that little run that they do going into the Sweet Emotion and the Sweet Emotion there, um, thirty times better. Yeah. Like like Steven Tyler's, yeah, yeah, yeah is a lot more fired up. It's like, yeah, I didn't do it. And like yelling and screaming into the mic and just getting you going. And then the harmonization still off on, on, on the Woodstock version, but you don't give a shit because they're playing down dirty and, and like almost angry. Right. Like there's a, pa- like the passion and the fire is there. And this feels very much like, yeah, we know the song. This is the song. Everyone paid to hear it. And here it is. 
And that 94 Woodstock performance, uh, there was a, a, an album released of that. I believe Aerosmith had a cut on that. They did a version of Draw the Line uh, with a little bit of F-I-N-E uh, mixed into kind of the middle. That is just fucking fire, if I remember correctly. Uh, so that, that was a killer set from the band. We don't know uh, so far Seattle, 97. Uh, seems, you know, kind of going through the motions maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely not peak like peak Aerosmith. It's 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 coming coming back down over the hill. Yep. Well said. I did like that little, I didn't do it when the rabbit done died. That was kind of cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he tends to throw that I didn't do it a lot on the live versions, at least later on. He might not throw it on Classics Live, but I know he does it in 94. Yeah. So again, maybe kind of going through the motions if that's kind of a, a standard part of the repertoire at this point, right? Uh, it, it, you, you always kind of wonder, like, they've played Sweet Emotion. How many bloody times have they played Sweet Emotion on tour? Like, in, in their career, what are they going on 50 years? I'm looking it up here on, according to uh, setlist.fm, Aerosmith has played Sweet Emotion 1,632 times. So it's, it's maybe kind of hard to keep it fresh after that many uh, performances. But, but, but what's crazy is, Corey, the, the, how many shows have they had since 97? Uh, right? Yeah. Right? So, 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 I mean, that's, 20 years, I know they didn't tour for some of those years, but there's got to be th- three to 400 of those times easy after, after 97, and probably more. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just looking at the stats. Uh, you know, 98, they played it 83 times. 2001, they played it 70 times. 2006, played it 67 times. Yeah, they're, yeah. The, the, this song is all over the set list, absolutely. It feels like Steven kicked it up three notches for this last stanza. Like all all of a sudden it's like, that's the fire I've been looking for this entire song. And like, I know, I know it sounds like I'm I'm going down hard on sweet emotion, everybody. I absolutely love the song. And even this version of it, I love, it's just not my favorite version of this song. And, 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 and that's what you're hearing from me. And I'm trying to look at it through a critical lens because for me to sit here and we're going to listen to Sweet Emotion, I don't know, somewhere between three and five times, I got to go through with it with a little bit more of a critical lens. At least, at least some of the versions I like a little bit less than the others, right? Mm-hmm. When we get to my favorites, you're going to hear me, you know, sing the praises of it. But the reality is I can sing the praises of every version of the song. It's very true. And, uh, I put it on here because I remember really liking this live album, but I'm I'm kind of in the same boat with you as I'm a little underwhelmed. Now, Steven Tyler did kick it up a notch uh, in, in this last verse, and, and we'll see how, how they kind of ended off. But in terms of overall sweet emotion performances, I don't know if this is uh, top tier. Corey, this is what I will say. You, you want the controversial comment of the show? Uh-oh. 
so this version of Sweet Emotion will get knocked off before other songs on the playlist. Like, let's say we don't hit another version of Sweet Emotion, but we hit be- better songs. I think that there are 18 better Aerosmith songs outside of Sweet Emotion than this version of Sweet Emotion. Interesting. I don't know if I disagree with that. That, that, that may be, uh, maybe not such a hot take. I, I might be right there with you. So in dirtier versions of the song, <laughs> St- Stephen, that, that last line, because a month from a road, I'll be eating from your hand. He says, because a month on the road and I'll be coming in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that, that's one of the lines he will change up on, on different live versions. Yeah. Uh, this was the first uh, live album on the new Columbia deal. So I imagine they didn't want to dirty it up too bad. Um, they just got out of their Geffen deal. I think they wanted to, uh, you know, put, put a, a good foot forward. Uh, so yeah, maybe go with a cleaner version of it. You know, I'm going to correct myself because I was wrong and people love it when I'm wrong. This is their last release on Geffen. So the, this was kind of to finish off their Geffen contract before they went to Columbia. So when you hear that and you think we're, we're rushing a product out to finish off a contract, it's maybe not going to be the highest quality. Well, and, and, and what's funny is that you know, like may, maybe maybe they cleaned it up for, 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 for the new deal. I, I would think the dirt and the controversy would help uh, a, a, a new deal like maybe they just didn't give a shit man yeah What I think about Joe Perry's guitar tone there, or, or, or even what he's playing, like uh, I don't know. So, so it's weird because I think I think we're going to disagree a little bit right now, Corey. Oh, you're so, loving it. So, so it's not that I'm loving it, but, but but my comment here is one thing that we've been missing a lot on what we've listened to so far is how good this band sounds live. Now, to your point, this is not Aerosmith at their peak at their best like even joe perry sounds a little bit off for joe perry i think that what we hear right now is better than almost anything we've heard on any any album just because the way this band can jam when they want to jam it's one of those rare things where 
all of them work well together. And you don't get that a lot with bands. You'll get like the great guitarist or the great solo or, or, or the drums. But the interplay in this band, I'll put up there with anybody. And I, that's what we're getting here. And while, you know, you might not like the tone of Perry's guitar or what he's doing, whatever they're feeling and like like we said Stephen felt a little bit off during the song Joe's a little bit off during the song but they're still feeling each other like this works for this version of this song and while I'll agree with almost every word you said I don't know if I agree with it on this song uh, it just feels disjointed and I've heard better versions of Sweet Emotion where Joe Perry sounds better and is playing better and I just don't know if this is my favorite version of it. I, I don't like that, you know, he's like two octaves down or whatever it is. I'm not a musician, but he's obviously playing lower in the register than normally he would be. Joey, I think, sounds fantastic. Like, uh, he, he had that nice little run going into the next part of the solo where, he you know, he got to speed up on the toms there a little bit, and the, the drums sounded fantastic. I'm just not really digging what, Joey's, what, what Joe Perry's doing. Can, can we just get somebody to... to bottle up some of uh joey kramer's sweat and mail it to Corey because Corey Corey has this infatuation with him i am fanboating right now because I, i've tried to play drums and he, he keeps time uh, almost better than anybody I, I love me some joey kramer But all that said, that song ends tremendously. That's kind of my point, man. I mean, that's how, that's how you send people home. Yeah. You're it's funny. So, sorry. It, it, it's funny because I queued this song up as like, it's it kicks off a lot of things, but it's how they end their show. But like for me, I use it to like kick things off. And put some stank on it. I'm telling you, he put some stank on it at the end there. He kind of brought it back up. He started playing kind of the ending of the song that we anticipated. Joey Kramer's killing it on this song. And uh, say say what you want. He is on fire, uh, especially during, during the uh, the uh, music or the uh, instrumental version uh, uh, ending of this song. He's killing it. Yeah, on the, on, on the outro, absolutely. Um, but I think they all are. Like, I know, I know, I know you're not going to, Joe, I know you prefer... Joey to Joe right now, but right. I'm going to be a I'm, I'm going to be a Joe defender for a minute and just say, at this point in time, knowing that the band was winding down the contract, you know, they they were a little bit past their prime. I think that this is a a, a very good version of the song. 
songs. I would agree. It's a very good version of the song. There's a lot to like. There's a couple aspects I wasn't a big fan of. But ultimately, John, when the question comes, is Sweet Emotion, this version going on the mixtape, uh, considering some of the songs we have on there, uh, the answer has got to be a resounding yes. So let me go give you the rundown because I know last time we did this, you couldn't actually see what we have in the mixtape. I'm going to bring it over here to this screen here so you can see. So we got Lord of the Thighs, Shut Up and Dance, Let the Music Do the Talking, No More, No More, Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees, Oh Yeah, The Other Side, You Gotta Move, Rats in the Cellar, Permanent Vacation, Jamie's Got a Gun, Walk on Water, Seasons of Weather, Chip Away the Stone, Just, put, just Push Play, Helter Skelter, Cheesecake, and The Movie. So if we're going to put Sweet Emotion on the mixtape, John, what are we taking off? Oh, you're putting me on the spot? Absolutely. Oh, man, there's so many choices. But I think I'm going to go with Oh Yeah. All right, I'm going to fight you on that because do you remember how Cheesecake went? I like cheesecake. I know you like the food cheesecake. Do you like the song cheesecake? I uh, honestly, I barely remember recording that episode. Exactly. Now, uh, I like Oh Yeah enough. I'm willing to keep it on there for one more week. Will it make it past next week? Who knows? But cheesecake, come on. That, that, uh, that doesn't belong on here. Wait, wait. Are you really this passionate about kicking food off be before no, Oh Yeah? Not really. But I, I think I, I like Oh Yeah better as a song than I do Cheesecake. Put the food out of your mind, John. I know that's hard for you. I'll allow it. There you have it. So Cheesecake officially off the uh, playlist or the mixtape. I'm just going to move it over here. Sweet Emotion from A Little South of Sanity takes his place. How long does this version last? Who knows? I, 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 think, I, I think it's... Better than at least half the songs on there right now. I would agree. I would agree. We, we, we got some weaker tracks on there. Um, but looking at the current state of the die, John, and uh, I don't know if there's much on here that's going to supplant anything that we currently have on the mixtape. So, I mean, you have, you have to replace that song. Are you going to go with another version? Of, like, are you just going to get us through all the sweet emotions off the bat? Or are you going <laughs> like, like I, ha I have a strategy that like every 10 songs I'm throwing on, like what I feel is a, like a true mixtape song. Right. Because we have so many to go. It's very and, true. And, 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 you know, I have contenders, like I don't have a definitive 18 songs in my head, but you know, do, do I have, 30 or so that are going in my head that could probably make it yeah so it's kind of what i'm doing interesting now i don't know i, I have different uh schools of thought and so I, I thought i would ask one of our our most dedicated listeners joel scott zerns uh the other week i asked him if he could put a song on the die what would he put and, and joel uh, suggested nobody's fault uh, which is a fantastic song from Rocks, one of my favorite uh, Aerosmith albums. So I'm going to go with Joel's suggestion. We're taking off Sweet Emotion, and we're going to put on Nobody's Fault from Rocks. I I, I, I think it's a so solid choice. It's one of my so one, one of the tracks I really enjoy. Um, you know, I think I think it, that's kind of your strategy right now is you're going to leave um, things like the reason a dog from my re recommendations. And you're going to take, you're going to eat the good ones up. I really am. Uh, Nobody's Fault is a song that it's a favorite of Slash. It's a favorite of uh, James Hatfield, uh, who is a favorite of uh, a personal friend of ours, uh, Christy McGee. 
and a, and a, it's a, a song that's loved by Joel Scott So I'm throwing it on the dice. Nobody's fault from rocks is joining, uh, moving out bone on bone. The reason a dog walking the dog and sick as a dog. So not a lot of hits uh, on the die currently, John. Uh, I, I can I am envisioning our listens just dropping over this next little while. If you're listening to this show, I'm assuming you're an Aerosmith fan, and that's why you're listening, or you just like to listen to grumpy old men bitch about stuff. And who either way, like who doesn't like that? I, I enjoy listening to grumpy old men. I, I'm assuming they're all fans of John, and just follow you from wherever you are. I, I, I mean. Nobody knows where I am, and that's kind of the point of the way I like it. I literally, there, there was a Twitter poll. So so, so there was a poll on Twitter right now, and I was answering it while, while you're picking your song. Okay. It was, who is your favorite movie villain and why? Like, which one, which movie villain do you agree with the most? Mm-hmm. So I picked Principal, Principal Vernon from uh, Breakfast Club. Right. Like, he, he wants everybody to sit down and shut up. <laughs> and who can't relate to that, especially from our age? Uh, but John, is there anything else you'd like to say before we let the uh, people go here tonight? I just want to thank you for making it through this episode and sticking with us through <laughs> over 20 of these right now and looking forward to getting more to you. We got a long way to go and we've already got some, some killer tracks on the mixtape. Uh, so maybe deeper cuts currently on the die, but uh, there's going to be some good cuts on there just because I don't remember the reason a dog or bone on bone that well. Uh, this is why we're doing this show. We're going to rediscover these songs with the audience as we go. So, John, uh, where can the folks find you? I'm here to hang out with Corey. I'm thankful that you guys listen. I'm appreciative of all of you. But please, if you find me, just leave me the hell alone because that's, that's, what, that's what we all want in life. <laughs> there you have it, folks. You can talk to me. I don't mind. I may be a little bit younger than John. I'm not as grumpy. Uh, you can hit me up uh, at CD Morrison on Twitter and Instagram. Check out my Van Halen show. Uh, and the podcast will rock with one uh, Mark Kameyer, uh, who's been on this show, and hopefully we'll get him back on here again. Um, and John, you can find him uh, being grouchy in the pop rock and radio community on uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can find him being grouchy on Twitter at uh, John. I always thought it was at John Marioni, but it's actually at John Mariano NY. Uh, it took me like, I don't know how many years to fucking figure that out, but. Be, 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 because uh, some other creep was it was at John Mariano. I, I had to pick a specialization heaven help us if there's more than one of you out there john jesus (laughs) and with that let's give the final word to mr stephen tyler 